The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. <laughs> that, that last one sounded a little bit like Santa Claus, or should I say Satan Claus? <laughs> it's episode 666 of Dead Rabbit Radio. Be prepared for this level, this level of nonsense this episode. Episode 666. First off, we meet a woman who has one-on-one communication with the devil every time she makes breakfast. And then we travel to the depths of hell ourselves to meet a man who promises us he can give us all the gold in the world if we worship him. Then we stay in hell, because it's episode 666, to take a look at some of the most fearsome demons that inhabit the bowels of the underworld. And... It's an interactive adventure today on the 666th episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Episode 666. Can you believe it? This show is now one of the, episode-wise, longest-running paranormal podcasts in the world. It's amazing. It's amazing. You may say quantity over quality. I wouldn't. I like this show. But you might say that. But 666 episodes, I think that's more episodes than The Simpsons, really. And guys, it would be impossible without you. Thank you so much for listening. We got another thousand episodes in the show. But right now, we got this devilishly, delightfully good episode, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, of episode 666. First off, we got to give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, walking into Dead Rabbit Command dressed up as a sexy... Justin is a sexy devil, one of those costumes from, like, the Halloween store. It's Justin Mosier. I want to give him a round of applause as he's walking in, picking the tight costume out of his butt. Justin, you're going to be at... Let's give him a better round of applause. That one's kind of lackluster. He's really pulling off that outfit. Justin Mosier, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, or if you don't have a sexy Satan costume, and who doesn't, that's okay. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Justin... Go ahead and poke us, poke us in the butt with your pitchfork and force us into the Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. It's all spooky. I just shut the lights off. That's all the decoration I did for this episode. Click. You're just walking around in the dark. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed out to Small Town, USA. Justin is driving the Jason Jalopy. We're listening to spooky sounds. I got a CD of spooky sounds we're listening to the whole time. I'm like, all right, this is my favorite track. It's just a man screaming. Uh, notice Justin, Justin got a little turned on by that song. I have to change the CD. We are in a small town. It's May 4th, 1984. 
We're sitting in the kitchen of a woman named June O'Brien. Now, before we get started, I have a real problem with this story. I really need your guys' help. You, I'll probably be telling this, and you guys will be like, what in the world? He's doing this? But I, I'm so puzzled by this. On May 4th, 1984, the Today Show does a segment about supermarket tabloids. And it's Celebrity Tabloids Examined is the name of the piece. And it features June O'Brien, and she has a haunted toaster. And you guys may have seen the YouTube clip. I'm going to put all this in the show notes. She goes, this toaster is possessed by the devil. It's just a silver little toaster, like the brave little toaster, but possessed by the devil. She goes, this toaster is possessed by the devil. Sometimes it'll say, I am the devil. We don't get to hear that. That's not actually on video, but she does say that sometimes she hears it. What is on video is that she pulls a piece of toast down. She goes, look at what this rascally man did to my toast. And it's all burnt, but then there's a part that's not burnt that says Satan lives. It's fake, right? It's fake. I'm asking you, I'm asking you as we're sitting in her kitchen. That's fake, right? Then she puts a piece of toast in to show the audience that this is real. She puts a piece of toast in the toaster. She keeps trying to get it to go down. It won't. It's an average toaster from the 1980s. And then flame shoots out of the toaster. All This is all on video, single take. And she kind of jumps back. And it's a good-sized flame. And so the interviewer goes, why don't you get rid of the toaster? <laughs> it is possessed by the Dark Lord of Hell. It's ruining your toast as well. And she goes, well... Sometimes it makes really good toast. So that's why she keeps the toaster. And I'm watching that, and I go, oh, this must have been celebrity tabloids examined. They were talking about National Enquirer and all that stuff. I was started looking around. I was like, oh, you know, it's from 1984. I'm sure they did like a 20 years later, the hoax of the lady, how they pulled that hoax off, or this was debunked. No. Every single article you can find on this, well, that I could find, says that it was a real event, treats it as if it's real. And I'm talking about like stuff from like the Huffington Post, which has better things to write about than this. How was this was this real? Am I missing something? Does everyone know this is a hoax? And that's why the articles are just like this nobody's dumb enough to think this is real. We're not even gonna waste the paragraph saying it was a hoax. Is it real? I'm seriously asking you guys. Do you guys know something I don't? That's what this episode has become on episode 666. I'm just going to start asking you questions the rest of the series. Here's the thing. There's no debunking on the episode itself. There's no debunking in the future when people are talking about it on the Huffington Post or Gawker or anything like that. No one's like, yeah, everyone had a good laugh, but... So you're going, Jason, maybe it is real. Well, that same segment had a story about a man who was walking. He had like a ventriloquist dummy in a case and he was walking across the frozen lake and he fell into the lake he's about to die and then a little hand little hand a little a little wooden hand reached into the water and pulled him out and it was his howdy doody doll so this, <laughs> so this is fake right that's 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 fake like the possessed toaster i could that's in the realm of possibility for me Howdy doody. <laughs> One, how did he get out of the case? You know what? I'm not actually going to break it down by like, how can he lift up a man? <laughs> it's a doll that becomes animate. None of it makes sense. That's in the same segment. So that's fake. Right? <laughs> I'm asking you. That's fake, right? And here's my other clue that this is fake. 
the reporter for this segment was Richard Dominic. I looked him up. I was about to go knock on his door and be like, please tell me the toaster's fake. Richard Dominic went on to become the executive producer of the Jerry Springer show. So I'm leaning towards the toast was fake and the howdy doody was fake. I just don't understand why no one else. Am I that? I don't want to. What's the opposite of jaded? <laughs> Gullible? <laughs> Gullible? That I see this and go, what? Is this real? And no other article says that it's fake because it's obviously fake. It would be the same thing. If every time you read a review of a Transformers movie, they stopped in the middle of the review and they said, okay, plot and cinematography aside, this movie is fake. This is not a real movie. Optimus Prime did not shoot Kelsey Grammer with a giant blaster. It did not happen. And I'd be like, oh, okay. I was wondering why no one was freaked out. I was wondering why I saw Kelsey Grammer on the news the next day. I thought Optimus Prime shot him with that weapon that was designed to punch holes through starships. He just blasted a man. Oh, okay. Good thing I got to that. Am I am I that daft? Anyways, anyway, we will find out. I get your emails and YouTube comments, and you guys are like, "Yes, it was obviously fake, dude." Justin, let's go ahead and leave behind this woman's house. We have some nice pieces of toast, some butter, and some jam. Mm, eating those up. Call in the dead rabbit dirigible. We're going to take a one-way ticket. Hopefully, hopefully it's not a one-way ticket. Hopefully we make it back. Hop in the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. Wait, that's super flammable. Do we have a burrowing machine? Justin, we're going to break out a new machine, I think. Let's hop in the Dead Rabbit Driller. It's just, it's just the Jason Jalopy with the hand-cranked drill. I got to crank it the whole time. Oh, my arm's getting sore. You do it. You do it now. I get like two feet into the soil, and now you're cranking it, and I got my feet kicked up on the dashboard. The Dead Rabbit Driller, the Jason Jalopy with just the hand drill on it. We're leaving behind this woman's house. We're drilling straight to hell. It is episode 666. Now, I was very adamant for a long time that I wasn't going to do anything special for episode 666. And it wasn't for any reason. It was because I can't even plan a Halloween episode. I don't understand why you guys haven't figured that out yet. I'll record a Halloween episode on Halloween, and it gets released on November 1st. I'm really bad with this stuff, but everyone was clamoring for a 666 episode. So I started trying to come up with ideas that were quickly shot down by the people who love me and surround me. They're like, don't do that. Don't summon a demon. That's a terrible idea. So, this is plan B. We're going to talk about summoning a demon. As I'm sitting in a haunted closet where I'm going to just simply talk about summoning a demon. Justin, we've now breaking through the mantle of the earth. The dead rabbit driller is driving around hell. So let's talk about summoning demons. It's something that I think everyone kind of goes through a phase. <laughs> Jason, I never did this. Yeah, you did. You're telling me you never watched like Buffy or Angel or any like The Craft or something like that. Come on, tell me you never thought about like how cool it would be. You don't necessarily have to be a bad guy, but like you summon a demon and then it's like, Go beat up my bullies. <laughs> it's like ripping their guts out. It's eviscerating him. You accidentally like summon a demon, the god of war, and he's just like Bleh! killing some kid who like who like stole your quarter one time, rips his face off and makes him eat it. <laughs> we've all had not that fantasy, but we've all thought about like mastering the dark arts. And again, maybe you don't want to use it for evil. Maybe you don't want to use it to mutilate bullies. 
You think, wouldn't it be cool to, like, use magic and... Okay, <laughs> you guys are just shaking your head this whole time. You're like, Jason, we've thought about this. How to summon a demon and become insanely rich. This is an article written by Clive Williams. It's for a website called Exemplar. And he talks about this demon named Mammon. He's the demon of greed and wealth. So if you want to become rich and successful, it's probably the guy you're going to talk to. So in this article, he gives us a couple key points we need to summon Mammon. First off, you want to get an owl rope bracelet. An owl rope bracelet is a bracelet made from the skin of a Norwegian owl. Now, when I read that, I go, that's interesting. This is a demon that's from Judeo-Christian lore, which is mainly, I mean, for the most part, based around Israel, the Middle East. If you told a dude in ancient times, if you talked to some dude walking around the wilderness of Israel, you talked to a Sumerian or a Mesopotamian who were actively messing with these old gods, these old demons, worshipping them, having civilization destroyed, not learning their lesson, worshipping some other guy. You told him, hey, if you want to talk to this guy, you need the skin of a Norwegian owl. They'd look at you and go, what's Norwegian? What's an owl? I don't even think there's any owls in the Middle East. It would be like telling us if you wanted to complete a ritual, you'd have to go to Neptune. And that that's really the start of the complications with this stuff. I've looked into demonology. I think, again, every paranormal researcher goes through that phase. They look into demonology. They look into the rites of exorcism and things like that. And when you dig deep enough, you start to realize just kind of how ridiculous this stuff is. Because Maman is a... I'm not saying that when God cast the demons from hell, they all went to one location. Like, I'm sure a couple of them landed in Norway. But it's bizarre to think, like, if, if this is legit, and this demon is from Judeo-Christian lore... Why? That is so far away. That is so far away. And you're telling me nobody summoned this dude until the first until the first explorer reached Norway. He's just sitting in hell. He's like, oh man, why did I have to have the weirdo thing, right? There's some other guys like, I can't be summoned unless someone goes down a slip and slide three times. So I'm screwed. It's going to take like 3,000 years before I show up. Anyways, you need owl skin. This other website, to verify that, this other website talking about Maman, this is, and we get into this, this is really important. Spelling errors are, <laughs> spelling errors are not things you want to have when you're trying to summon a demon. There's this other website that said you needed Owl Sync. Like, what? What is that like? Like, they're, like, you know, sometimes they're slang terms for stuff. Like, you call a duck feathers down, but it's just like feathers. Like, what's an owl sink? Now, imagine you're actually trying to summon Maman. You're trying to summon the demon of wealth, and you're looking for an owl sink. There's no such thing unless you actually... There are actually sinks of owls or videos of little baby owls in sinks. So that's cool. That was the real treasure all along, Maman. Having a bunch of YouTube videos of little owls in sinks. You also need a Maman pendant that has his sigil in it. So I googled that, and there were predictably multiple versions of his sigil. Cause, and it's so funny because I wasn't actually going to summon Maman, but I started to think, oh, that would actually be really interesting if you could be walking down the street and you could go, oh, that person, that person summoned Maman. <laughs> their head spinning around, they're vomiting everywhere. Blah. But imagine you're at a cocktail party. I've never been to a cocktail party now that I think about it. Ever been to a cocktail party. I don't even know what makes a cocktail party different than a normal party. But 
<laughs> I'll figure that out. I'm assuming they just drink the whole time, but isn't that a normal party? Anyways, if you're at a <laughs> cocktail party, <laughs> fictional thing, it doesn't exist, and you see them wearing a little pendant, and you could see the sigil, and you'll go, oh, that person... That person also has a bracelet made out of owl skin and probably an owl sink at home. But there's so many different versions of a sigil that was useless. And one of them was pretty a common, like, symbol that I've seen around, like, on, like, skateboards and stuff like that. I don't think the 16-year-old who smells like weed is worshipping Maman. He probably just thinks it's a cool logo. But anyways, you get a Maman pendant, but you really don't know which version is his but anyways this article here by clive williams has the incantation of the the incantations are hard to find for these demon summoning things a lot of times they'll say go to the lesser key of solomon that's a book that really lists all the demons or you have to go find some grimoire you have to do some you have to pronounce the word right first and then the great demons are like okay now you can come in we didn't know what you're talking about before Here's this. I'm going to read this to you. I, you might think it's dangerous because I'm reading it in the haunted closet, but let me read this to you. Evil Smallwit. Evil Smallwit. Evil Smallwick. Evil Smallwick. Yamroy Yantri Gog Larv. Yamroy Yadi Og Larv. Yamroy Eb. Let's with Sika Rof Yif. The reason why I felt comfortable reading that is because I translated it first. And this is the thing. When you're talking about demon summoning, you gotta get stuff right. This actually says Clive Williams, Clive Williams, Clive Williams, Clive Williams. May your writing go viral, may your writing go viral. May you be blessed with riches for life. So it was a bit of a joke. And I, when I read it and once I, once I cleverly deciphered it, once I realized it was written backwards, I started, I was trying to see if it was an example. Like he was like, but you do this in your own thing. But no, no, he puts this out and I'm not faulting the guy. Like I, maybe he's just trying to take the piss out of the kid on the skateboard who owes him money for that weed he sold him. I don't know. But there are people who are going to skin owls in Norway and spend $19.99 on some pendant and then read this backwards and light a candle and stuff like that. Eh, it's just a waste of time. It's a waste, not this segment, not this segment. But it's funny because when you look at people who believe in demonology, I'm sure, not all of them, but I'm sure there are some 12-year-olds who were suckered in by this and they wanted to have enough money to take their girlfriend out to a cocktail party, right? To the cocktail party down the street. So they did this incantation. It obviously didn't work. It's obviously a joke if you took more than five minutes to read it backwards. With the thing with demonology is there's so much information and at the same time so little information. And people are... At the end of the day, I think people who do try to summon demons, it's because of two things. One, they're seeking power. It's three things. One of them is seeking personal power. One of them is um, trying to prove that they exist, some sort of validation. And the other one is they're desperate. They're desperate. And that's the saddest one. Like someone just trying to figure out, like, I wonder if demons exist and they do these rituals and nothing happens. Then that just confirms what they think. But there are people who are desperate who their backs to the wall. They don't have enough money. Things like that. So let's go ahead and hop in the carpenter copter. Justin is all canoodling up to the real devil. He's like, hey, you think I can get a job here? No, Justin, you can't. 
You're going up to heaven like the rest of us. Justin, let's go ahead and hop in that carpenter copter. We're leaving behind Maman. And we are headed out to the lower depths of hell. Get that heat shielding ready and go. <laughs> Guys, go ahead and pick a number between 1 and 5. Choose carefully. Because this will be the demon you summon. There's 72 demons listed in the Lesser Key of Solomon. It's this book that was anonymously written. It was on demonology. It's from the mid-17th century. Then about 100 years later, the Infernal Dictionary came out, which kind of piggybacks on and adds to the lore of these 72 demons. A lot of these demons are like demons of war and demons of lust. There's a demon that can make women take their clothes off, which is also known as OnlyFans. There's a lot of these demons out here, but I found the five lamest demons. <laughs> I went through the entire list and I found the five demons that if you summoned them, you would wish you were on some sort of hellish battlefield fighting for glory. Nope. Nope. Pick your number between one and five and get ready to summon a loser demon. We're in the lower depths of hell. We're walking around. There's a bunch of cubicles there. There's a bunch of demons at a call center and they're waiting to get summoned. They're like, dang it, he hasn't got the owl bracelet yet. Maman is like pounding the table. He's stuck down here. We see a demon sitting in the corner named Andrea <laughs> Andrea Puss. Andrea Puss is sitting <laughs> He wants to summon this dude. He's just sitting there and he's like, hey guys, hey guys, come here real quick. Come here. And we know it's not going to be real quick. He knows he's going to talk our ears off because he's been doing this for 10,000 years. He's never been summoned before. Andrea Puss is a giant peacock that's just kind of sitting there being like, psst, psst, come over here. Look at my feathers. Aren't they beautiful? They're all on fire. They're all burnt and singed. We're like, yeah, Andrea Puss, they look great. And he's like, yeah. I He's pretty dope, right? And we're like, yeah, dude, they're super feel so bad for this guy. He screams a lot. <laughs> he screams a lot, right? That's kind of his thing. He raises great noises. So when you summon him, immediately <laughs> there's just this giant peacock screaming in your summoning circle. Ah! So you got that to deal with. So first off, they don't list this in the summoning spell, but wear earplugs. Secondly, we've summoned Andrea Puss. It's this giant peacock. This is what this this infernal demon, one of the angels that turned against God and was thrown down to hell, this is what they do. They don't teach the art of war. They don't convince people to fall in love. They will teach you, though. They will teach you. Some of you guys might like this. I would think it would be super boring. Astronomy. You're like, Jason, I would love to learn astronomy from a giant peacock. That's the most amazing thing ever. Well... Maybe, but I mean, like, you're just going to sit out in the, in the you're just gonna sit out in the boonies, look up the night sky, and there's this peacock going, that's the Big Dipper. You're like, Jason, that's not astronomy. That's like third grade stuff. He'll teach me about, like, quasars and black holes, and I'm on a pe I just jump on the peacock's back and fly around. Okay, fine. If you picked number five, there's a little saddle that appears. If you pick number five, you can attach it to the back of Andrea Puss, and you can fly him around, and you can look at stars. But... Also, he knows geometry. <laughs> he knows geometry. So, you're like, Jason, I love geometry. Geometry and astronomy go together. Fine, whatever. Maybe you... <laughs> I'm all disappointed. I'm all disappointed. I'm like, dang it. I thought this one was fun. I do think it's funny. A giant peacock. 
I imagine him with a little like tweed jacket with the elbows, with the leather elbows. He's teaching you geometry. Anyways, he teaches you a. You're like Jason. <laughs> Are these really the five you chose? Listen, that was the weakest one. That was the weakest one out of the five. I didn't think it was hilarious, but don't turn now. I'm just not gonna be. I'm just not gonna be crapping on sciences the whole time because a lot of times these demons do teach you stuff. Um, but for whatever reason, this giant peacock will teach you astronomy and geometry. To me, that's dumb. Just because I could get a book. But you're like Jason. You can learn it from a giant peacock, or you can learn it from a book. I'll learn from a book. So number five is flying around the universe with this. You're like, Damn, I wish I picked number five. I'm still all disappointed in that one. The sound of my voice. I'm like, oh man. You're like, dude, that's the. He's on the back of. You're trying to summon a demon right now. You're on the back of a peacock flying through the universe, and you're totally poo pooing it, Jason. What's going on? Whatever. We're walking through this call center. You're looking back up at number five. You're like, take me with you. We're walking through this call center still. And we see a guy standing in the corner and he has his back to us. And he's like, uh, uh. <laughs> we don't know what he's doing. We don't want to know. It's hell. All bets are off. He's actually standing in the corner because he's super shy. He's all gross. He's a big old monster. <laughs> Even by hell standards, when a demon is described as a monster, you know it's bad. When there are other demons with like the body of a spider and the head of a frog, and this guy's described as a monster. <laughs> You know things are bad. You know he's getting made fun of. This monster is named Bifrons. And he actually has like a, a pretty big backing. He actually controls six legions of demons. Go do that. Go do that. They're going to do that just so they don't have to look at him anymore. They're like, fine. Just station us far away from you. He's like, oh, I just want friends. I want six legions of friends. So you meet Bifrons, and it's this monster man. He looks like Sloth from the Goonies, but on, but on fire and horribly burned. Ugh. He's standing there, and he goes, If you chose number one, come with me, young person. Come with me, and we will go into my lair. So he opens a door, and you walk in. And it's actually a pretty nice house. Bifrons keeps the place clean. You walk in, you sit on this little couch, and he goes, Yes. You have chosen to summon me by picking number one. So what I can do for you is I can teach science. I teach the science and the arts. And you're like, you look out the door, you see me. And you're like, Jason, these aren't bad. It's good to learn. It's good to learn stuff. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Because some of these demon skills overlap. He teaches science and art. So you see like all this beautiful artwork around. You see like an astrolabe. You see a photo of number five in a peacock flying through space. You're like, that's weird. How did they get that photo already? He also teaches you all about gems and wood. Showing you emeralds. He goes, this is an emerald. And this is how it's formed. And this is wood. And this is how seeds grow. He's telling you all of this stuff. Tells you about herbs. He's sitting there. He's like, I, I know the real KFC recipe and I'll share it with you because you chose number one. You're like, this is amazing. But then he goes, I'm going to show you my favorite trick because other demons know all about herbs and stuff too. That's not their specialty. This is my specialty. And he snaps his fingers and now you're in a graveyard that goes on for eternity. Bifrons is gone. You're just looking at it. Tombstone after tombstone. <laughs> he goes, my biggest trick, 
The real reason they call me a monster isn't because of my hideous face, but because of what I'm capable of. You see, I'm able to transfer the corpse from one grave into the other. <laughs> it's the dumbest power ever. He goes, I know. I know. That's why Jason chose me for this list. Sure, I could teach you about the arts and the sciences. I could just do my little do-do-do-do-do. And you see where you're standing? That was the body of a woman, but now it's the body of a young boy. <laughs> that's so gross. And he goes, I know, and this eternal graveyard, that's what I that's my hobby. That's what I love to do. I just love to mix and match the bodies. But that grave over there is missing one. And then you find yourself in a casket. And then by <laughs> He went from zero to 60 real quick. <laughs> Number five. Number five is on a peacock. Exploring the universe. You're getting buried. <laughs> You're getting buried alive by a monster. He's throwing dirt on the top of the coffin. You're pounding. You're pounding. But Bifron doesn't care. He goes, another corpse for me to teleport from casket to casket. That is what Bifron loves to do. I mean Bifrons. That is what Bifrons loves to do. <laughs> so I just lost one-fifth of my listeners. They're like, I'm never listening to this show again. That's horrible. That's horrible. I got buried alive. Well, well, your ghost is floating around the rest of the episode, so... You know, there's that. You just gotta float around with little Casper legs and eat Slimer hot dogs. We're continuing to walk through this call center and we see a man. He's actually picking up a lot of phones. He's like, yep, Crockel right here. Oh, man, you, you calling for Crockel? You calling for Crockel? We notice the phones aren't plugged in. <laughs> He's just trying to seem like an important person. Everyone else is like, oh, Crockel, that's so, that's so sad. He's pretending he's getting phone calls. He's going ring, ring. He's making the sound effect. Crockel is sitting there. He actually shows up as an angel. So long white robes, wings, the sandals, a little halo. He is in hell, so it's not a great disguise down here. We weren't fooled, but Crockell is actually an angel. But he likes to speak in what's known as dark and mysterious ways. So I'm assuming he always puts like a gravelly voice on, like Christian Bale and Dark Knight, which I'm not going to do because I have to do two more demons after this and I don't want to ruin my throat. But he's like... Never mind, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to try it. He turns to us and he goes, Well, 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 I'm busy on this phone right now. I'm taking a call. But let me put them on hold and I will talk to you, young people. Crockell says, If you chose the number three, crawl underneath my wing. <laughs> We're looking at you. We're looking at you, you're like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And he's like inviting you to underneath his wing. It's all dirty. It's all super dirty. And you crawl under his wing if you chose number three, and he envelops you. And then you teleport away. And now you're in a classroom. You're in a classroom, and it's just you sitting at a desk. All the other desks are empty. And Crockell is standing there with a tweed jacket and little leather on his elbows. Crockell is known to teach geometry as well as the other liberal sciences. So you can get, actually get a pretty good degree from this guy. The peacock, sure, he can travel the universe, but you're just going to learn one subject. From Crockell, you can actually get like an associate's degree. It'll take a while, right? It'll take a while. But liberal sciences plus geometry, that'll be your math 
elective, you're good to go. So at your graduation, you're there for two years. You actually get your associate's degree. I've recorded two years worth of episodes. You got to catch up. But you eventually do graduate from Crockell University. And on your graduation day, he goes, now I'm going to show you what I'm really known for. <laughs> You're like, damn it, I know something bad's going to happen. Crawl underneath my wing. <laughs> Crawl underneath my wing again. And you're like, oh, man, that's where you've had to sleep every night. That was your dorm room. And night you crawled underneath his wings. He takes you out into a beautiful, lush field. You just see rolling hills of green grass. And you're walking around, and you're like, oh, this is pretty dope, dude. And he's like, I know, I know, it is pretty dope. It is my special power out of all the demon powers. This is what I'm most known for. He goes, do you hear that? Splish, splash, splish, splash, splish, splash. You're like, I do. It sounds like it's water all around me. And he goes, I know, splish, splash, splish, splash. My ability is helping people find water. And you go, that actually kind of makes sense out of all the stuff you've talked about. That makes sense. Like in olden times, you would want to find wells. So calling on a demon who could actually help you locate water, natural springs, things like that, would be super useful. Sure, if you were trying to build the pyramids, you might want to know geometry. But if you're just trying to live your life, Crockell is the dude. And while he's helping you find water, he can teach you a little bit about the humanities. So you're walking around, and you're like, look, over there. And it's a little body of water. And he goes, mm-hmm. And then you go, look, over there. And he's like, dude, listen, I know where all the water's at everywhere. You don't have to keep telling me. He's getting a little... He spent two years with you at this point. He's a little tired. And he goes, go ahead and take a swim. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and take all your clothes off. And take a swim. Let old Crocodile watch a naked human swim around in the water. And you're like, uh... So you take your clothes off, and you're swimming around in the water, and Crockell's just standing there, standing there for an uncomfortable amount of time. And then you notice the water's getting warmer. You're like, uh-oh. And then you realize that it keeps getting warmer and warmer, and you're like, oh, no, am I going to get boiled alive by this guy? And he's getting warmer and warmer, and then it stops getting warm because he can make water warm. He can't make it hot. He can't make it boil, but he can make water warm. So if you chose number three, if you chose number three, you got an associate's degree, and you found a nice warm bath. You got to take a warm bath. You didn't get to take one for two years, but now you got a degree in one hand, holding a diploma. The rest of you is submerged in warm water. No tricks. <laughs> That's actually it. So, so this episode is a little inconsistent, I know. But that would be lame. If you went through the trouble of summoning a demon and all they did was say, look, again, if I was an old-timey dude, that would be super useful. But nowadays, like, Jason, I can't believe you gave such a gruesome ending. <laughs> I totally expected to get boiled alive. That other person got buried alive. Ah, they'll get used to it. Or the oxygen will run out. <laughs> One of the two. As we're walking through the call center, we see a crocodile in there. We're like, that's weird, right? We didn't know there was any animals in here. Do animals have souls? Or they go, what did a crocodile do to go to hell? But then we see a little bit more of the crocodile, and we see like it's two little legs, and we see more of it, and then we see an old man, an old, pale, naked dude sitting on this crocodile. And I turn, <laughs> I turn to you guys and go, if you picked number two... <laughs> 
that's you, right? You're going to hang out with this naked old guy riding on the back of a crocodile. We're looking at Agaris. He's sitting there on his crocodile. He's petting it. He's like, you want to pet my crocodile? <laughs> He's straddling it. You want to pet my crocodile number two? And you walk, oh, man. So you're like petting it. And the crocodile is actually pretty chill, dude. It's just kind of like relaxing. You're scratching it. Do crocodiles have ears? You're scratching it behind the eyes. It's like, oh, yeah, it's, that's the spot. Agaris has 31 legions of demons. So a lot of people are listening to this old man on the back of a crocodile. You know you have to be pretty low down the totem pole if you get your orders from a naked old man. You know that you're not doing too well. People are like, who's your boss? Ah, dude, it's awesome. It's this guy with like eight wings, ten eyes, flames for vocal cords. Who's your boss? Old, old, old naked man on a crocodile? Oh, man. Agaris says, hop on the back of my crocodile, kid. We're going on a little adventure. And then he winks, does a little magical wink. And... <sighs> crocodile, crocodile's walking hella slow, dude. Crocodiles are like one of the slow... How did you pick that as your mode of transportation? Crocodiles are super slow. They can go 30 miles an hour, so it like zips along for a bit, and then it just starts going real slow again. You're riding the back of this crocodile... And Agaris takes you to a New York street. The year is 1982. There's a bunch of muggers on the street. They're having a mugger convention. They're mugging each other. You just see random acts of violence in the streets of New York. It's loud. It's smelly. There's a crocodile walking down Times Square. You're sitting on the back. It's super weird. There's a naked man driving it. No one's even paying attention. The city is such a cesspool at this point. And Agari says, you know why we're here, boy. He's calling you boy, which is making you super uncomfortable. <laughs> the fact that you're with this old man, he keeps referring to how young you are. He keeps referring to you that, but he doesn't mean it that way. He's just, he's unintentionally creepy. He puts his hands on your knee and he turns around and he says, you know why we're here, boy. I have the ability to help find runaways. You're like, what? That's kind of weird. That's kind of a bizarre ability to have. He's like, yeah, I know. I didn't get in line quick enough. I was riding an alligator when they were giving out special powers. I was the last in line. I have the ability to find runaways. So he sits there and he goes, runaways, come back. And then you see like a couple of people go, huh, what? They get out of their cardboard houses or one of them is about to step off the bus and they look up and then they get back on the bus and the guy who gets out of the cardboard house walks up, picks up the phone, calls his mom. I'm coming back home, mom. I just heard, I just heard a crocodile yell, runaways, come home. And the mom's like, Billy, are you still doing drugs? Yes, I am, but I'm still coming home. He has the ability to find runaways. He also has the, that, that's fine, that's noble, right? And again, I think that would make sense in like a hunter-gatherer society, because if you ran away from that, <laughs> you're like, are you going to go gather more stuff? Yeah, sure. And then you run off and you're at like some arcade. <laughs> you invent an arcade, you're in the middle of the wilderness, playing arcade. In early societies, people who would run away, they would almost always die, and it would definitely impact the society. So to have a demon that could actually hunt down runaways, or send them back home, that's pretty noble. I can see people using that. But then they also have the ability. This is weird. It's not an opposite thing. Like, <laughs> when I read this, I go, what? It doesn't make sense. What's the opposite of a runaway to you? He has this power that if you're standing still, 
He can make you run. That's not the opposite of a runaway. That doesn't make any sense. Why does he have that power? Someone's checking their... Someone's walking down the street, and they stop to check their watch, and then all of a sudden, they're like in Toronto. They're like, ah, what am I doing here? They ran all the way. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you have an opposite power? The person who taught you astronomy, he also didn't give you brain damage. It was just a thing he did. He didn't have to do an opposite. Now, if you picked number two... You've been running for a couple days now. You got great legs, but you're like, please let this torment end. And every so often he goes, run away, come back. And then you show back at his house. That's You live with him now. That's where you return to. And you'll talk for a bit. And you have to constantly be moving. If you stand still for just a moment, you start running away. But after this goes on for a millennia or two, after he gets tired of dealing with this, he's going to teach you a new power. The power he's most known for. He says, come over, come here. You you look so good now. You're a young man. You've grown up so much. Ooh, look at those legs. Now it is creepy. He goes, listen, I've taught you about running. You can't teach me about running away. You made me run away. He's like, okay, okay. Now I'm going to teach you my biggest power. And then the earth begins to move under your feet. Uh, uh, you're <laughs> You're pretending to be shocked. You just want this to be over with. You're like, oh, okay, this is so amazing. He has the power to cause earthquakes. Agaris has the power to actually destroy the land. So because you've been such a noble servant of his, <laughs> since you've been such good entertainment, running everywhere, he touches you and gives you the power to create earthquakes. He has another power. He has the power to teach you immoral expressions. He technically has the power to cause earthquakes as well, but I can't think of anything funny to do with that. So instead, we're going to skip that superpower that's actually functional in the real world. Like, he could fight crime. Like, burglars are trying to break into a bank, and you're like, not today. <laughs> you can't come with good catch lines. You spent 2,000 years in hell. But then you shake the world and <laughs> you destroy all of civilization. <laughs> To stop two bank robbers. They drop the coins. And you're like, another job done for number two. You turn around and the world is flattened. There's no building standing. Hey, I, okay, never mind. I took up with something funny. That's what happened. If you pick number two, you try to use your powers for good. But you accidentally kill everyone stopping a bank robbery. There you go. There you go. That is if you pick number two. We got one more left. I'm not running out of steam, I swear. It's just getting really hot in here. Now it's just me and number four walking through this hellish call center, and there's a dark room off to the side. But if you pick number four, you gotta open that dark door in hell and walk through it. Hello? 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 Is anyone here? 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 You don't hear anything, but you can sense there's something in this room. And you hear someone go, My name is Gamigan. That's, that's a real demon name. It's <laughs> not a D&D character that a 12-year-old came up with. I am Gamigan. And I see that you're here to summon me. Hmm? You're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the one who started this episode. And I was curious, so I kept finishing it. And I picked number four, so here we are. What are you going to do to me? And he goes, well, I am going to teach you the liberal sciences... Like that other dude. That other dude, previous. But that warm bath thing, pff, that's lame, man. I'm a gossip. I'm, a, I'm the worst kind of gossip. I gossip about people after they die. I can actually tell you 
people who have died, the sins they've committed. You're like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be more useful if you told me what they were doing while they were alive. I can't really do anything about it after they're dead. If they're stealing from me, I kind of want to know about it while they're alive. He goes, yeah, not the best trait, but it's way better than that warm bath thing. And you're like, yeah, it is better. He goes, I can also, if that didn't sell you on it, you want to know, I can tell you about people who drowned. <laughs> I can tell you, I can name every single person who's ever drowned in the history of the world. Argy, Argolo. He starts naming them off and he gets the D and you're like, oh my God, how much time has passed? I don't want to keep hearing people <laughs> drowned in the ocean. That's horrible. He's like, no, 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 drowned at sea. I, I don't know the people who died in oceans or tributaries or lakes. Only people who drowned in the sea. You're like, what? That's even more useless. More useless. He's like, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why they keep me in this little room. But you see, unlike those other demons who eventually leave. I mean, I'm sorry about your friend who got buried alive. But <laughs> that was so grim compared to the rest of them. They leave eventually. I stick with you forever and ever and ever. You'll never get rid of me. Good old Gamigan, friend to the end. That's my motto. Also, I can name everyone who died in the sea. That's also my motto. That's underneath the motto. You're like, oh man. And then you see Gamigan. He walks towards you. It's a little pony. Gamigan shows up as a pony who will never leave your side. He gives you a little saddle that's just for you. He made it. He made it out of human flesh of people who drowned in the sea. You're like, ugh, gross. Do I have to use this? He's like, yes. And put this bit in my mouth. This is made out of the arm bones of sinners. You're like, ugh, gross. But you get on top of Gamigan, your friend to the end, a little pony that you get to ride out of hell. And for the rest of your life, you're sitting now. You have to go back to your real college. He's all answering all the questions. He's like, uh, actually, no. Emily Dickinson did not mean that in her poem. I know I'm a talking pony from hell. You Actually, that is good. So you get to have a friend to the end. You get to have a pony you ride around whenever you, like instead of counting sheep at night, he just names off the list of the dead uh, who've died at sea. And somehow you find that calming. He's the best man at your wedding. He's like helping you like tie your bow. He throws your bachelor party. It's a bunch of demon babes show up. This is an amazing thing. Gamigan truly is your friend to the end. On your deathbed, you're laying there. You're like, Gamigan, now that I'm super old and naked and I'm about to crawl on top of this crocodile, I want you to know that you truly were my friend. I never would have made it through all those liberal art classes if it wasn't for your jokes. <laughs> you constantly setting the teacher on fire. Oh, the days... And then you were always by my side. All that stuff, all those memories. This was a beautiful moment, Gamigan. And you're like petting his mane and he's like trying to hold back a tear. The first tear that this demon has cried since he was thrust out of heaven. And Gamigan looks at you and goes, I love you, number four. <laughs> I love you, number He never learned your name. Throughout all of that, he never ever learned your name. He called called you number four the whole time but then he goes i love you but i want to remember you i want to make sure that i never forget you 
And you're like, no, Gamig, and no, please, just let me die peacefully. And he grabs you with his hooves. <laughs> he grabs you with his ultra-strong hooves, and he drags you out of bed where you were about to die peacefully. He drags you across the country to a sea, a glimmering sea underneath the moon. And he holds you down with those little hooves. He holds your head underwater. And as you gurgle and gasp for air, he goes, If you drown at sea, I'll never forget you. 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 So there you go. <laughs> if you picked... Who who? <laughs> who got buried alive? I don't even remember who got buried alive now. But if you picked number four, I think it was the even ones got shafted this episode. If you picked number four or number... Who did get buried alive? I don't remember. So if you picked number one or number four, you did not have a good... Well, at least number four had a long life. So there we go. Episode 666 of Dead Rabbit Radio. I hope there are 666 more episodes and further and further on. Guys, I hope you had as much fun listening to this episode as I had recording it. I had an absolute ball. But it is time for me to return to the crypt. Also known as my recliner in the living room. So I can watch episodes of Impractical Jokers and other YouTube videos. <laughs> See, I know we're back. Yeah, this is the silly gentleman. Yeah, you're right, I was in the silly gentleman. I know you shake it off, Mark Rush, and he serves in the coma owner. He leaves. He needs the only day of the virus. The only day of the virus. The only day of the virus. The only day of the virus